Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Edwin Adams, and what a privilege to have another superhero that walks among us, Adam Terrazas, who has gifted us some incredible time, and I know will gift us some incredible perspectives today. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Adams. I appreciate it. It's definitely a privilege to be on here with you. Awesome. Well, Adam, I came to your circle through some mutual friends, right? And you were doing something so incredible on social media. You were sharing gratitude for people in your, in your life. And, and you were encouraging others to tell other people how important they mean to them. And I just thought that was such a incredible message. It spoke to, you know, an incredible person behind that message. So I, I knew I wanted you on the show a long time ago, and I'm so glad we finally got to, to get you here. So, for those of you, for those of you listening who don't know Adam, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and and let's learn a little bit about how you came to be where you are today. Awesome, yeah. So um, I guess I'll just I'll start from when I was a kid. Um, I was always a very competitive uh, young kid. I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California. Um, you know, I kind of want to tell this the whole story from the beginning, very transparently. Um, of how I became who I am today. Um, of course, still building and becoming better every day, but um, I, I take a lot of pride in being able to um, share what I've learned and, and my experiences, and hopefully it can impact others um, and affect them drastically uh, in a positive way. So, you know, I kind of I said I grew up as uh, a young kid, very competitive, um, and starting from, you know, elementary school, kindergarten, um, I did find, though, through that, that competitive nature of mine, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard when you're young. You know, they talk about being able to be socially accepted in the world by four years old, you know, and that's such a, that's such a big thing that I feel like um, I didn't master. Um, so I kind of had to learn along the way. Um, so I found it hard to, you know, make friends. Um, and be nice to people because I was so I was so wrapped around winning, right? Winning, winning, winning. Um, but what I have found is, you know, I kind of struggled. It was it's kind of a painful process to be able to not um, interact and commingle and 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 be cognizant of the feelings of others, um, even in competitive nature. Um, so you know, kind of moving through elementary school into middle school, I found myself in this place. Um, very insecure and and not understanding how to um, really take and harness my skills and and the things that make me who I am um, and really and really co-mingle with with other kids um, so it just became this constant journey of myself um, you know I, I had gone through you know depression um, and you know kind of trying to find my self-identity uh, in all this, uh, in life, what's the purpose of life? So I felt like, um, you know, growing up for me, it was always this, this constant, uh, what is my purpose or what is the point of this all, you know? Um, and I felt like transitioning into high school, I had, I had become really close friends with my, my now best friend and business partner, Dominic Conti. Um, and we, we joined, um, we joined this athletic club on campus called fellowship of Christian athletes. And uh, I had gone to a Christian retreat and it changed my life forever. You know, just 
just understanding who God is and who he is in my life and, and finding that purpose and really solidifying, hey, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to love others. Um, I'm here to show them what they don't know and what I do, and I'm here to learn from them what I don't know. Um, so for me, that was a huge, huge pivot point for me is realizing that, um, you know, bad company corrupts good morals and the people you are so the summation of the people that you spend time with um, and how I choose my friends uh, and the people that I spend time with is I choose, I choose my friends, first of all, based off of loyalty, but not only that, um, you know, why are, they have something that I want, you know, something that's really awesome about that person and I want it. Um, and I want to soak it up. And, and through that, you know, you hope that you have something that they don't as well. And that's really what creates such an awesome relationship. So going back to, you know, uh, Dominic and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, we had become co-presidents on campus of this club. And it had grown from about uh, probably 10 to 20 people to over 120 people um, just in a year. So it was really awesome. We were playing worship music up there, um, you know, talking a little bit. Uh, about who, who the Lord is to us and, and how he's changed our life. Um, but still there was something missing for me. Um, and that is, what is my ultimate purpose? Because at the end of the day, each one of us goes back to our room at night and we have to live inside of our own head and we have to go to bed um, and we have to think about the things that we've done and, and the things that we're not happy about with ourselves. Um, but I think the mind, the mindset shift for me happened when I joined uh, the Marine Corps. Uh, when I joined the Marine Corps, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, have you always wanted to do this? Have you always wanted to be a Marine? And the answer I would give them is, is no, it's pretty simple. No, I'd never, you know, I was always intrigued with the movies and the heroes. Um, and I, and I loved it. Um, but really I was, a, I was an athlete. And I wanted to go and play baseball in college. Uh, but being, being the five, nine, not lightning speed guy I am, you know, I was a, a good ball player. I didn't get really recognized by anybody. So I, I threw down my glove and a little huff and puff. And I said, I'm going to join the Marine Corps and I want to prove something to other people. Um, you know, especially, you know, my father, I always wanted to make my, my dad proud, but I think when I, when I talk about my why, um, and you dig a little bit deeper, I think I just wanted to make myself proud and I wanted to show myself that I could do something um, difficult and I could be among the elite. Um, so really I find the best way that I've attacked life, if you, if you will, is I just commit to it. And even if there's doubt and even if I don't know, I'm going to make it, I just dive in and I see what happens. Um, but something about myself that, you know, I'm, I am proud of, is I, I don't know what quitting feels like. I just don't. And I think that's, that's been, been the catalyst uh, for me developing into the person I am today. Um, again, still a lot of work to go, um, but not quitting. Um, I just don't know what that, what that feels like, but I knew that, that that's not ever the kind of person that I wanted to be, um, even if I, if I didn't have all the tools to make it. So, I ended up going to uh, boot camp uh, 2015 in September. Excuse me, 2014. Yeah, so uh, I actually became the the guide, so the leader of my platoon, about 85 guys. Um, it, it really came down to who did the most pull-ups at the time, right? But then at that point, I had to I had to prove to myself 
um, that I was squared away, that I could, I could help lead these guys in the right direction and become Marines. Um, so that was, it was the hardest thing uh, that I had ever done in my life. Um, and I think that it was the, it's not the hardest physical thing that I've done in my life, but it was the hardest thing because at 19 years old, um, I did not have the mental strength coming out of, of high school and, and living at, at home with my parents you, you go out into the world and, you know, there's so much that you don't know. Um, and you start to get challenged mentally um, and you feel very alone. Um, so that's, that's really what created, you know, that, that uh, obstacle. Uh, it, it, it was the biggest one I had ever had to overcome. Um, but through that, I was able to develop confidence and I ended up graduating boot camp um, at the top of my class. We had about five platoons. Uh, four or five platoons, so it was about 550 guys, and I got um, honor graduate, uh, which goes into uh, physical, uh, physical uh, marksmanship, um, and overall leadership, and then you have to do a board. Um, but that really, I was so humbled to get that award, and I was able to do it in front of a crowd of you know thousands of people, um, and to me it was it was just surreal. Uh, it was surreal um, because. I think that everything that I had been through at that point led up to this glorious moment where I don't think I believed I could ever be standing on that stage, almost to the point where it didn't feel, it felt like a dream. It felt like a dream, but that gave me a little bit of a chip on my shoulder um, to, to go and attack the next challenge. Um, and I think that so many people so many people are winning every single day in little ways. It doesn't have to be crazy big, but when somebody does a kind thing for somebody else or somebody does something they've never done before or try some food that they've never had before, or they do something that they had never done before that makes them a little bit better, that's winning. So when you lay your head on your pillow at the end of the day, you know, I think it's important to think about the things that you've learned each and every day and the things that make you happy. Um, but really happiness comes through an amount of responsibility, you know? So um, I think that more people often than not are winning every single day and they just need to start to focus on the things that they're doing well and not all the things that they're doing wrong because in time that's going to, that's going to develop and you're going to start to see change and other people are going to start to see change in you and that's going to increase your confidence. Um, so upon graduating boot camp, I actually had already signed up with the contract. I went into the recruiter's office from the very beginning and I said, I want you to give me the hardest thing that you have that Marine Corps has to offer. And they said, that's recon. So I, I had watched a little Netflix special called Surviving the Cut. It was pretty brutal. Um, and even, even, after, after, um, even after watching that, even after graduating at the top of my class in boot camp, I still doubted myself in the fact that, you know, can I do this? Can I do this? Um, so I had embarked, I went to infantry training after that. And then I had gone to uh, BRC, basic reconnaissance course, where I actually have now met some of my best lifelong friends. Um, and I'm actually here in Kentucky on a farm right now with one of them. Um, which I'm blessed to be able to do because I'm able to uh, work remotely, right? So cool. And, and uh, how we actually got connected through a, a friend of mine, uh, Kean O'Donovan. Um, he's one of my best friends as well from the Marine Corps. Um, so I, 
sorry, go off script a little bit, go back to a basic reconnaissance course. Um, that was the most grueling uh, training I had ever been through. Some days I, you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and you'd have to throw a tree log on your shoulder and start running up mountains or get in the pool in the afternoon for three hours and, and start doing some deep end water training. Um, and you're just wondering, you're just trying to make it through the day. You're just trying to survive, you know? And that really is, is crazy to me because when you're just, when you're just trying to survive, it takes away all the other elements in life. It takes away, it takes away all the, the doubt that I'm going to, that I'm going to succeed. It takes away the doubt that, you know, can I, can I, can I do this life thing? Really, you are just put in survival mode um, and you have to make it to your bed at the end of the night in one piece. And when people start to dive into things, um, maybe not of that particular caliber, but something that challenges them, they find purpose in what they're doing. Because every day, whether I was in, in the deep end of the pool and I was struggling for breath, I knew that my purpose was serving my country and my purpose was to make sure that I got through this with the guys who became my closest friends. Um, and we were the ones who were able to complain with each other. Hey, complaining is not such a bad thing. You know, if you do it in the right, in the right setting, you know, sometimes it gets you through the day a little bit. And I don't mean, I don't mean uh, complain and feel bad for yourself, but take joy, you know, laugh, laugh at it laugh at laugh at the struggle laugh at the pain because at the end of the day if you're not if you're not if you're not um putting yourself in a position um that really makes you think can i do this you're not growing you're not growing um and that's where i felt uh my growth and my confidence really increased um after that i got stationed in okinawa japan for two and a half years um and I was able to join a force reconnaissance platoon. One of the, it's an elite platoon uh, within the reconnaissance community. Um, and I was able to go to jump school. Um, I was able to go to uh, army jump school in, in Georgia, Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, for three weeks. I was able to go to dive school in Panama City, Florida, combatant dive school, which was awesome. Um, I was able to go to free fall school in Arizona, um, Hearst Hearst master able to, you know, repel off, off uh, helicopters and, and towers and, and the side of mountains and things like that, which was crazy because I'm, I'm actually afraid of heights. Um, so that's just pushing the limit every single day. But, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say no in front of all the guy, all my guys. Right. <laughs> so um, I just had some amazing opportunities. We were able to go on a deployment to Guam. Um, we were able to train with the, the Filipino recon Marines um, and, and help them out as they were, they were fighting um, and teach them some of our tactics that we knew, um, which was a great experience uh, to go spend time with those guys in a, diff a completely different country. Um, and their lifestyle is so much different, but they really do appreciate the small things. Um, and it was amazing because a lot of these guys were in their late, late thirties, early forties, and they were still rocking and rolling. Um, but it just goes to show you that they were fighting for their family every single day. Um, and it was amazing to see, um, those cultures. Um, so yeah, 
and then and then I got to finish out my career in in North Carolina, where I got to actually reunite with a lot of the guys that I went to uh, recon school with, um, and we actually we actually finagled our way to all get on one team together, and it was just an amazing experience, um, and I actually. Um, I did want to share something for myself um, beyond my experiences. You know, I felt like my time in Okinawa, um, I was a part of an awesome platoon, very elite um, uh, guys, much older than me, uh, much more experience, combat experience, all that. And um, I'm just a 19, 20 year old kid. Um, and it's really, it's really hard to live up to, up to that standard that they set. Um, but I was, I was growing every single day. Every time I was learning something, I was taking notes. Um, but I really did not feel like I gave it my all. So, and this is, this is big, I think, for a lot of people, um, is that, you know, once you've done something that you're not necessarily proud of or you feel like you could have given more, go do the next thing and, and recreate your identity and become the person that you want to be instead of thinking about everything in the past uh, that you've done, right? So many people, I listened to a, a guy named Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've heard of him, Dr. Adams, but Joe Dispenza, he talks about how so many people, you know, neurologically, we, we have, we're attached emotionally to all the events and emotional feelings that we have in the past. But rather, if you just spent more time living in the moment and creating your future, you don't have to be attached to all those thoughts that made you sad and made you upset, right? Pivot, pivot and turn in the right direction. Um, so I felt like going to, to North Carolina, I knew in my, in my mind that I was going to um, put an amount of responsibility on myself, um, that I was going to lead my guys in, in the right direction. I was going to teach them everything that I had known um, because Okinawa uh, recon Marines are statistically better than North Carolina recon Marines. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, but we are on a small, small Island. So we're able to, to really just train and dive in all the time. So it's, it's awesome. But I did become a, a an assistant team leader. Um, and that really put a lot more responsibility on me and it felt, I'll tell you, Dr. Adams, it felt so good, um, to really put the weight on my shoulders and to wake up every single day and know that, um, I had a purpose and people were depending on me. Um, and that really, you know, even if some days I was lacking faith in myself, I was able to borrow that faith by teaching them and getting on them. And that would just refire me up about what I was doing every single day. Um, so I think that borrowing faith from, you know, the people that are closest to you, the people that, you know, are there for you that you trust is such a, a great tool. Uh, to be able to borrow some faith. Sometimes I'll call up my, my, my best friend, Dominic, and I'll just say, hey, man, um, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I feel this way, but can I borrow some faith from you? Can you tell me why this is, this is a good thing? Um, and, he'll, and he'll pump me back up. Um, and, he's, and he's right, because the things that really bring us down or uh, cause us to freeze in place are just a fallacy. It's not true. It's not true we're the creator of everything that we do. And I've, I feel like that has been the big, big, big transition for me uh, from where I was to where I am now. Um, but I will, I will tell you guys that um, I'm just like everybody else. 
you know, nothing about me makes me different other than I just think about these things on a daily basis. And I think about the things that I want to do better um, because I may not be super proud of everything that I've done. Um, but I know, I know that one day I will be able to say that I'm proud of who I am. Um, but I am proud that I'm in the works of getting there. And that's, you know, what I tell people all the time, Dr. Adams is you cannot, you cannot cut yourself short of the process. So you might as well enjoy the process. The process is the best part. And the process is the whole reason that I'm able to get on this call and talk to you. If I didn't have a process, what, what good would it be if I told you that, you know, I was wealthy or successful or, um, you know, I was really nice to people. So what, how did you get there? How did you develop to be? That's the important part. Because when we sit down with people, we want to pick their brain to know what made them successful and what got them out of the place that they're in right now. So I know that was a winded response, but um, I think that pretty much sums up, you know, where I am now. And, uh, and I'm really appreciative of all the experiences, tough and easy, um, to get to me to where I am. Well, Adam, you're a tremendous teacher. I think I can end the show right now. You just dropped the biggest knowledge bombs on this audience. I hope people were taking notes. I've got three pages and I don't know if we have enough time to get through all this. Adam, wow, what a story. I do have a lot of questions for you. If you don't mind, can we hop right into that? Because my curiosity has been has been piqued by several things, several things you said. Um, let's Let's talk about purpose for, for just a minute, because as a personal development coach, that is the number one question I get from young men these days is, is they come to me anxious, um, hesitant, what's the other word, and, and, and doubtful of what their purpose is. And, and, and I'm not convinced that, is, that it is due to a lack of the investment of time trying to figure that out. I think they're trying to get the answer right. And it's like, it's like fourth quarter, 30 seconds left. And you know, it's the final carry of the football and, and you've got to make the right decisions to win the game that everything depends on this decision that they, they choose to get in the right group or not in high school. They choose to date the right girl or not in, in high school. They choose the right major. You know, there's always, there always seems to be a lot of stress and anxiety with men these days trying to get the answer right. So, so help me with that. Let's let, repaint the, the context for me about how you saw your purpose maybe not as an end destination, but as the journey and process that you embraced about trying to be just better where you are rather than where you're going to be. Absolutely. Um, that was a great question. And I, I think about this one often. Um, I think that everybody has a, this is what I think. I think that everybody already has a purpose. You just got to find it. And I think that to your point about so many people just trying to fight, find the right answer is there is no right answer to that. There's no right answer. You know, finding the right answer really is just so much of um, society and the things that our, our head is filled with. Because think about if you were alone on an island, 
where is the right answer on that? Right. Well, the right answer is to go catch fish or set up some traps um, or to go hunting or to, or to start fire and prepare. Your purpose is to live. Right. And all those other things are just things to help you survive. So I hope that was a good, a decent analogy, but I, I feel like um, for me specifically, um, you know, I found my purpose in serving my country. Um, but the difficult thing for me was getting out of the Marine Corps put me in a really funky spin um, because I had now just lost the community of guys that I was with. I had lost, um, you know, my ability um, to tighten my bootstraps and go out there and, and fight for my country or prepare to fight for my country. And now I'm, I'm, I'm recreating my purpose. Um, and I think that I, I got so stuck. I got so stuck in wanting to um, help people and, 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 and serve our country. And now I thought that was it, right? I have to do some other form to do that, but that's not true. Um, and I actually just read the other day, uh, it was really about your why. And I think that your why is, uh, directly correlated to your purpose. Um, but it was a guy named Dean Grazio Graziosi. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, I'm actually reading one of his book called uh, Millionaire Success Habits. But don't get fooled by the front page. It's not all about becoming a millionaire. It's really a lot about self-development. And uh, he had actually hired a guy um, to help him um, get, get his uh, content out there to the people, not only not only just to get it out there, but to help it stick and help people really start to stick to their, their goals and what they want to achieve. Um, and he, he asked him, he taught him this. He said, we need to go seven levels deep to find your why. Um, you may have heard of this or not before, um, but really it's, it's why are you doing what you're doing? And oftentimes we come up with a really intellectual response to why we should... <laughs> why we want to do what we're doing, which, which may be like, I just want to help people. I want to get people, you know, for me and my business now, get people financially independent. Um, I want them to be able to have the things that they want. Um, but is that really all that I want? Is that my purpose? Or in his case, you know, going seven levels deep, asking questions based off of those responses, it really came down to, you know, Dean had a really tough uh, childhood and a lot of the things in his life were out of his control. And what he really wanted was to be in control of his own life and in control of the way that his family gets, to, his kids get to be raised and the way that he gets to treat his, his wife uh, to nice things. Um, so really, I think a lot of people need to sit down and start to write out, you know, write out seven things. Answer, answer your own question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And then ask seven questions, not eight, not nine, not 10, seven questions based off of your previous response and dig a little bit deeper about, you know, who, who, who do you want to be and, and why? Um, but you know, that, that was a little bit of a, a long winded response, but I would say to most people who say, you know, I'm trying to find the right answer. I would say, be your own person. You know, everybody is wired differently. Yeah. I think that's really uncomfortable for a lot of young men. Um, I was just with Dean Graziosi actually and Tony Robbins up at a business mastery uh, class two weeks ago now. Amazing. They both came from the most horrific upbringing 
and have created their reality based on a very specific why. And it's amazing. They, they, they did keep asking themselves that question to get absolute clarity. And I think that's what perhaps young men are missing right now is clarity because they're trying to please society mm -hmm. uh, or fit into societal expectations and boundaries and all that, all that stuff. I thought your, your metaphor of being on a, an island where you're just reduced to the basics of survival, that's one truth. Or I should say that's one reality. And then you go throw, throw yourself in society in different running crowds that shapes a whole nother reality, but it doesn't mean it's truth. So I, I appreciate your story and that you had to bump around that and find, and, and you, well, I think what you had was an unending desire to seek your truth. I, I think the mantra doesn't say go find your truth. It says seek the truth. Absolutely. So you got to keep looking. You no, know, I just as you were as you were saying that, I just had this image in my head of, you know, a little a little ball, like a little nucleus. And I think that mo with society and social media and all these things that distract us and and tell us what we want rather than us finding out what we want. I think about so many people. They work inside out. They are this person, but they're trying to become this person rather than working outside in, right? If you are this person why don't you start to figure out all the things that can make you the best that that you are, because that's who you are, right? If you're going to, if you're going to chase the girl that, that you think is, is the one for you, she may not be anything like you and she may not love the things that you love. And, and really that's just something else that you have to figure out of why you want that person rather than, Hey, you know, I want to find out who I am first and that way I can, I can better everybody else. Because at the end of the day, you cannot help anybody else if you do not help yourself. Absolutely. And I appreciate it so much, Adam, what you said about Joe Dispenza. I am, I'm a new fan of Joe Dispenza. I did not know about Joe, but he speaks a lot about feelings being the language of the body mm -hmm. and, and thoughts being the language of the mind and how often we live with a, a, um, misalignment of, of the two. We walk around responding to feelings and not think through that into why. Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling this way? Why, why, why? And then we have thoughts that don't correspond or we don't transmute those thoughts into the appropriate feeling to get the desired behavior and outcome that we want. So it's yes. fascinating when you pause for just a minute and forget about all this external distraction that is really trying to define, define you. You've got all the answers here mm -hmm. and, and your, your job, I think your God given um, charge in this world is to create the alignment with thoughts and feelings so that the appropriate actions take place and behavior and change occurs in the world that way. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I, to that point, I would say, you know, exactly what you said, but they talk a lot about, and I've, in the last year, I've really started to take meditation seriously. Um, and reason being is it's not, it's not this hippie thing that we've always, you know, been told that it is and it's meditating, right? Really, it's just the process of disconnecting to reconnect. Because yeah. 
if we're running around like busy bees all day, which we do, it's always keeping up with the Joneses in our lives. Often we wake up and the first thing we do is check our phone and it's like, hold on, let's figure out, let's center ourselves first and then go start our day. Let's realize what our true purpose is, who we are, and then let the pieces fall as they may. But a lot of us don't do that. And I didn't do that for a long time. And what you do is you're just, you're just running away you're running away from everything uh, that builds you, um, that builds you as a person. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, and and then and then unfortunately, I think for men in particular, we reach a, a point in life, and and for some, it's called a midlife crisis, where you're tired. You can no longer hold up the facade. You can no lo- longer wear the mask uh, of of the the expectation of you, your authenticity has just had enough and it's ready to come out in whatever ever shape, form or fashion. And you make some really drastic changes in your life, some of which are not the right ones uh, for, for probably the journey you're on, but you have no other choice. You, you, you've reached that, that lowest point in your life because you have, you have, you have crushed self and, and, and personal truth for so long it explodes. And, and I see that devastation all the time. Absolutely. And, and you know what, there are so many people who want to take action and they're ready to take action and they have, here's the thing is people have more answers than they think, hmm. you know, especially if you're, if you're looking, if you're looking for the answers, you're finding answers, but why aren't you applying it? And I realized that this is a big one for a lot of people, including myself is you spent so much time, not being who you are, that everybody in your life sees you as that person. And now at this point, you are afraid to let go and show people who you really are. Think about if you took away all the blinders and you went out to uh, some family friend's house and you just started being you, what would everybody do? Would they raise their eyebrows? Would they laugh a little bit more? You know, would they be a little bit confused or ask you what got into you? That'd, that'd be a perfect opportunity to be able to tell you how, tell them how you change, how you've changed for the better, right? And now that gives you an opportunity to pour into somebody else. So don't be afraid to show other people that change. You know, you have to, you have to find your identity in that. Find your identity in who you are, because at the end of the day, we have a life that th- is this long and we have this much we want to do. Why spend so much time worrying? Why? You have one shot at it make it the best, make it the best. And you know what? Maybe just ask yourself that question and go sit down in a dark room and think about it. Think about it. You know, I, here's one thing that I, I like to say a lot. And I learned this from a platoon sergeant of mine. Um, one of the best leaders that I knew, his name was gunnery sergeant Kobar. Um, and he would always tell us men, it's not about the fancy stuff. It's all about the brilliance and the basics. If you always bring it back to the basics, you will always do your job right, or you will always be the person that you want to be, right? And you won't lose sight of that. So wow, yeah that that is that is wisdom. I I, I can so see how how young people are unwilling to go toward the basics because that takes that takes a little work. It's not as flashy and interesting as this cutting edge of social media and um it takes work 
and discipline and courage and strength and grit and tenacity. And I think those are some foundational character traits that, that we've missed out in programming. And, and this is probably a controversial statement, but I think if you look at the, the destruction of the family unit and the role of mentorship of men in particular, we're missing, we're missing that kind of training in the family environment. And fortunately we have military training that can reinstill that, but not everybody goes through that level of training. How do, how do we mentor a generation or two of young men that have never seen strength, courage, grit, tenacity in a masculine, in a masculine form that I think masculinity has been attacked these days. Toxic yeah. masculinity. Is that the term yeah. that you're thrown out there? It's not, it's not cool. It's not appropriate to be masculine anymore. What? Not what? true. Not true. And I, and I forget, I forget who I heard this from. Um, but it was said, I'm trying to remember the name, but they said, you know, the, the, the thing is Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, uh, also one of my favorite speakers. I just think he is full of, to put it plainly, common sense. Um, and he really just brings it, uh, brings everybody back to center. It's really cool. And he said, the best people, the best men I know are the most dangerous men I know. Mm. It's because they're able to harness that and they're able to be good men. And that's the best thing. And you know what? It's, it's not bad to be, you know, masculine, but it is also important to be able to, you know, ask questions and, and help people and be willing to, you know, help people stop suffering because at the end of the day, everybody is suffering in one way or another. And if you, and I think that this would, if everybody could do this, it would really fix what's going on in the world right now, rather than getting in an argument because you disagree with what somebody else says and just understand that maybe that person is suffering and you come from the mindset of, Hey, you know, I'm going to approach this person, no matter what they say to me, no matter what they do, I want to help them suffer a little bit less today. Mm. And that will change your entire perspective and it will change the entire way um, that you treat people. And not only that, but the way that they look at you, because now there's, there's, there's respect. And now you've earned the right to be heard. And now you can really start to help people. Earning the right to be heard is huge, but the way that we act on a daily basis depend decides whether we are, you know, have the right to be heard or not. So if you have something good to say, or you know that you love to help people, um, or you have something that would really benefit, you know, the people that you care about, or just anybody around you, start to live your life in a way that they can now open their ears to what you have for them. Because we can all, we all have the opportunity to bring good into this world. And what better legacy than that? What better legacy? Well, you know, I think that's what attracted me to, to your persona, Adam, was that you were willing to take a brief moment out of your time to share gratitude on, on the value of a person in your life who just so happened to be uh, one of your Marine brothers. What it, and it just made me think, what if we just did a little of that every day and just express gratitude to the people that, that have meaning to us 
that would make my day if somebody posted a message like that and, and showed me something I didn't know with the connection of gratitude. Wow, that's game changing, not only for my day, but I'm sure for the transmitter of that message as well. I, I, that's how we treat suffering. Absolutely. That's an antidote to suffering is gratitude. Totally. And I think that, mo I think that most people, whether they admit it or not, love to be recognized and love to be complimented. And it's funny because I think, I think if more people were told by the people that they've encountered, what kind of impact they made on their life, they would start to find their identity because so many people are walking around and you lay your, I say this a lot, but it's, it's when you end the day, you lay your head on the pillow and that's when it all, that's when the storm comes, right? You start to think about everything. You can't sleep. People forget how much of an impact they've made on, on people, whether it just be in a, a grocery store, whether it be in their, at their job, in their community, they have no idea what one thing they said may have changed the whole course of somebody else's life. And wow, how much of a difference would it be if we all went out and told that person or texted that person be like, Hey, I know I only met you a couple of times, but I want to let you know that you made, you said this to me and it really changed my perspective. And now my family is, is doing much better or my finances are, are, are in order. And I feel so much more freedom to do the things that I love. And I just want to thank you for that. Wow. If somebody sent me a text message like that, if I did actually make that kind of difference, that would change the whole course of my day. Yeah. The whole course of my life. Absolutely. Now you know that you have purpose. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that is a responsibility that we each have, uh, men, women, or whatever, to help reflect that back to the people that need to hear it. And, and I thought your, your message was just such a beautiful thing, Adam. That was, that was a transformational moment for me to hear someone of your caliber be that gracious to a fellow brother that that taught me a lesson. Um, and I've tried to do that ever since I heard your message back in April, that Thank that's, you. that's a game changer. It's a game changer. And I, I hope people go find you and go to that April post and hear you say those, those words and challenge others to do exactly that. Amazing. Amazing. Well, time is ticking and I'm not past question two. This is, uh, this is not going well, Adam, and I know people are going to get tired of me saying this, but we'll have to have you back on the show clearly okay. at some point to, to cover this. So, all right, big transition was from going from a baseball player to um, the U.S. Marine Corps. So you had an expectation shift. You had um, a journey shift. Uh, the, there was a fork in the road and one ended with a stop sign and the other one was, was an intentional choice. Tell me about fear at that moment. Was it present? And if so, how did you use it to your advantage? Mm. So I think what most people don't understand is that everybody lives with fear whether whether it's in the they used to or they they always they always do and there's some people who have really uh mastered you know all the things that we're talking about right now and they don't live in fear which is which is awesome um but i think that fear is, is the biggest thing 
is the biggest uh, roadblock for so many people. And for me personally, um, I was scared to make that move. But like I said, you know, being a young kid, I was very flippant, um, mm -hmm. very impulsive. And I just said, I, I had a moment where I said, I knew that I wanted to be this person. I wanted to prove this to myself. And I just said, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I don't, I don't think I've ever told anybody this after I graduated at the top of my class, the top of my company, I had the thought in my head that I wanted to change jobs and not go to recon school because I was scared. Hmm. And I remember actually asking uh, an administrator uh, for the Marine Corps. I, I said, is it possible to change your job? And I just asked the question and they said, no. And I said, okay. <laughs> That's all I needed. Okay. That's all I needed. Just tell me I can't do it. Um, but I think that fear lives within everybody. And I think that, um, and, and this is another thing with, with social media is people will see all the highlight reels of, of people's lives. And it's like, you have no idea what that person's going on. You still here? Yes, sir. I'm so sorry about that. No problem. I will cut that out. 5322. Thank you. <laughs> you. Pick it up so, where you left off. Yeah. Where was I? Uh, fear and changing your jobs and you were told you can't do it. So that was it. Okay. Yeah. So I was told I couldn't do it. And we just, you know, so many people, uh, they don't understand what even, even the, the, the toughest people are going through. Um, but the reason you don't see it is because they still make the decision to go for it anyway. And they ended up and they end up succeeding. Um, so my biggest encouragement to people is even despite fear, go for it. Because believe it or not, you're capable. You are capable. You can do it. Yeah, Everything like that. I've always known that was the definition of faith, that, that you step forward not knowing the answer. But, Absolutely. And my mentor, John Maxwell, says, uh, build the wings on your way down. When you step off that cliff, uh, build the wings. You don't, you don't have to already have the plane built. So I, I think that's really intimidating for, for some people these days. Um, security, maybe, it, maybe it's a security issue. Maybe it's a comfort zone issue. Uh, you know, that's my website is disrupt comfort because I have found on the other side of, of the comfort zone is where growth is. It's not in the comfort zone. It's beyond mm -hmm. that terror barrier. And when people kind of bump up against the, the, the edges of their comfort zone, it, it gets a little uncomfortable and you're like, well, I'm, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing that. I need to go back to normal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with COVID, with Hurricane Laura, we are never going back to normal again. We, we, we've, we've got to grow into a new existence and that doesn't happen sitting still. I don't think any, any Marine uh, Force Recon would tell you stand where you are. Um, you've been jumping out of planes, you've been repelling. Movement is the answer, right? Movement is the answer. And you know, I, I didn't even tell you this, but what really excited me about when you reached out to me is, is that your, your title was disrupt comfort. And I thought that was really cool because uh, one of the phrases that I heard most often was men, you better get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's what they would say to us. And I, you know what you tell, you tell me to get comfortable being uncomfortable and I'm going to, I'm going to start working on being comfortable. 
yeah. being uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know what? Even that little mental block, you start to almost, it's, it's weird, but you almost start to enjoy, you almost start to enjoy either the pain or the, uh, the difficulty of what you're doing. You, almost to the point where it's, it's euphoric. You can laugh. You can laugh. You know, you ever see the guys in the movies and they just got banged up and they're bleeding and then they just start laughing. It's because they realized they realized that they're exactly where they want to be. They're exactly where they want to be. And that laugh to me, when I hear it, all that screams is I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to win. And that goes for anything. Yeah. Some of my greatest teachers have come from the military. I I have a dear friend who's 20 years my junior. He was a captain in the Air Force, now a state trooper here in Louisiana, Johnny Jopling. And he coined the term relentless pursuit. You know, that's everything he does is there, there is no destination. It is just a relentless pursuit of personal best. So be it with his nutrition, be it with his exercise regimen, being with the way he deals with the public, um, deals with his leadership within the state police or the Air Force or with the cadets that he trained. It was just relentless. You work hard every day. And I loved the way you said that about defining winning as winning the day. Um, get your head out of the future and what that win looks like. You have, you have today that you get to create the winning outcome and I love that even today, it's a relentless pursuit. Just 1% better. Imagine where you can be in three months in body, mind, or spirit if you just advance a little bit today, not close the entire gap. Absolutely. And, and for me, I think that's where a lot of people hesitate these days is seeing the gap between where they are and where they want to be. And, and, and this space right here just derails them completely. Absolutely. So. Help me from your perspective, having been through some of the world's best training on getting from here to there, how, how would you close the gap in any area of, uh, of life right now with a set of principles? What would you say would be your, your core principles of gap closing in any area of your life right now? If you had to start from this level and go here, what would that look like? I would say that a, a big thing, and I think you would agree with me, is that we are not, what you can achieve with mentorship and, and the people around you that can, can help guide you to success is one of the most important things because it's very, very difficult. Um, I'm not gonna say impossible because there's amazing people out there, but it's near impossible to do this this journey on your own, you know, whether it be a, a solid friend or, or a mentor or somebody that you really look up to or that you want to emulate or you want your life to look a little bit more like theirs. Um, I would say start to really study those people and start to dive deep into the things that they do and, and their transformation and their story. Start to ask more people about their story because when you start to hear somebody else's story, you open up a whole can of worms of success, of success habits. Right. And then I, and then I would say, um, really looking into your whys is one of the most important things. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and why do you love doing it? 
and what is your, and what is the passion? Because at the end of the day, I'll, I will tell you, Dr. Adams, I, I feel like I'm a pretty versatile person and I can achieve anything I set my mind to. But if I don't have a reason to get there, I will never do that to my full potential. Um, and I think that that's why a lot of people are living at half speed right now mm-hmm. is because they're going after something that they really truly don't want in their heart and they'll never hit the gas. You it's know? somebody else's why it's yeah, exactly. And somebody else's why exactly. Um, and then I would say, I would say meditate. I would say start to disconnect. Um, and I know we talk about social media a lot, but to me, I th- I often think about how it can, it's, it's, it's a great tool. It's a great tool. It's a great tool for staying connected. It's a great tool for marketing. Um, it's a great tool for sharing and inspiring people. But I also think that it's just as much of a poison as it can be a great thing. Um, and I think people need to start wrapping their head around that because so many, even the, the younger generation right now who are maybe listening to this, they've never known a life without an iPhone and it's kind of, it's amazing. Right. But it's just because we're so used we're creatures of habit. We're used to doing these things and breaking that habit, breaking those bad habits are the biggest thing to the, to your breakthrough. It's the biggest thing to your breakthrough. So I would say those are, and it, it doesn't have to be a long list and it really isn't, but I would say those three things right now, right there, mentorship, um, you know, meditation, disconnecting from everything that's going on around you and and start to look into yourself and find your true why of why you're doing what you're doing. And if it's not, if, if you don't have a why for doing what you're doing, you need to change what you're doing and drop your pride because you will start to love life and love yourself and be able to love others at that point. Mm. And, uh, oh, wow. That's, that's really powerful. And you know, if you only went three steps deep on asking why instead of seven and you, and you step forward anyway, that's better than not stepping at all. hundred percent. You know what? You can still get back on uh, a, another journey of a, of a, a why with more clarity at a future date, but at least you're moving on the road. Right. That's such a great, that's such a great point. And I, I say that, um, you know, to people all the time in my business and clients as well, say, if you want to get here and you're right here, this is what it's going to take to get here, but you don't have all that right now. But the most important thing is that you're getting the ball rolling in the right direction. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Take the next step forward. You don't have to bite off more than you can chew, but every single day, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. That's extreme. But if you're not growing, you're just, you're in place. You're not, you're not, you're not moving along with the rest. Yeah. And when I say the rest, I, I'd say that there's, there's actually more people um, searching for this than are in that place. So uh, I don't make it to seem like anybody's left out because I would say that over 99% of people are, are there and, and wondering how they can improve um, uh, their life. Absolutely. And you know, it's so nice off to the left of my monitor. And I know behind you, you can look outside and, and see the lessons nature teaches us about cycles and growth and um, nurturing your soil and growing your roots. I think there are a lot of great lessons right in front of us if we just pay attention. So I, I firmly believe that meditation allows you that opportunity to see those kind of truths 
that are self-evident and have been here a lot longer than we have. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great point. I've been doing a, another podcast episode with a BMX professional athlete named Will Grant, and he talks a tremendous amount about breath and how it has helped him recover from injury. He's a big Wim Hof proponent and, and just absolutely touts the value of breath in connecting yourself with your why, with your body, with your healing, with the earth. It, it's an amazing experience that he goes through every morning and during the day. So tell me about your Wim Hof experience since clearly that created a, a response in you. Yes. So I'm currently on week three of Wim Hof. Wow. Okay. Week three. You can't, you can't miss a day. Mm -mm. That's the biggest thing. But you know, that for me, that has been my meditation. So it's, it's sitting in a quiet place um, and just disconnect. I love to run. I love to exercise. And I think that, but really what you're doing is you are, you are shocking your nervous system. You're shocking your nervous system to the point where you can actually control how you feel in certain situations. Right. Even if it's even if I was nervous to get on here and talk to you and I start to find myself in my throat closing up and I'm uh, because even for me, public speaking is kind of it's scary. Right. That's the over death. Public speaking is the number one thing that people fear. Um, but really, it's it's a way for you to disconnect. But you're also you're also controlling your nervous system. There's so many things within our body um, that we can do um, to help us um, in so many ways. Uh, and I know that's not very descriptive, but um, yeah, Wim Hof, I, I can't wait to get to week 10 um, yeah, and see how that makes me feel. But it really starts my day off and, and I just, I run a hot shower in the morning and then end it with 30 seconds of freezing cold and that, and then I just control my breathing. Um, and it really just, it helps you to control your feelings and the way that you present yourself to people, even in, in a, in a place of fear. And I'm all about, I'm all about controlling that. So. And you can do it anywhere. Yeah. In, in, in your, well, Wim Hof, you've got to be careful. You shouldn't be driving doing Wim Hof. You know, that, no. that could end badly for you. <laughs> uh, anyway, but if you're curious about Wim Hof breathing, I know we, we're not going to get into the details here. Go Google it. Uh, you will be absolutely transformed going through a process like that. So he's the Iceman, Wim Hof. You'll Iceman. You'll appreciate that. Um, last thing, well, two more things I wanted to talk about. I know I want to be respectful of your time. Borrowed faith. Borrowed faith to me speaks to the people that you surround yourself with. And I find that is so important these days because there are energy suckers and energy givers in this world. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself in a, in a group of people that are not serving you. And my mentor, John Maxwell, will tell you sometimes you've got to give up to go up. And you might have to leave those people behind in order to get where you need to be through, through your purpose and your why. Um, in shaping your circle of influence these days, what are some key characteristics that you look for specifically? I know you alluded to this earlier, but where do you find your circle is most valuable to you and, and from a characteristic standpoint? Mm. Um, most of my closest friends 
and people that I spend most of my time with. Um, number one, they're loyal. Um, because I know that I would go off on a whim um, to help a friend, no matter the circumstance. And that's just, maybe that's the way I'm wired, but I, that's my heart. And to me, I don't have a, a ton of friends. Um, I got a good group of them, but to, to me, they're everything. And I, I would go help them no matter what. Um, and I would hope that I'm the person that they, they call. And I'm the first person that comes to their mind. Um, and I want to be that person. Um, but I would say I look for loyalty um, in, in the same way for them. I would hope that all my friends would do the same for me. Um, and I think that whether in a relationship, a friendship, um, um, a marriage, I think that it has to be, those things need to be mutual um, because it never feels good to give. It never feels good to give more than you receive. Um, but I don't really want to put it that way. Uh, you want to know that there's reciprocation um, with the people that are close to you. It's all, and don't get me wrong. It's awesome to give and, and not to seek anything in return. I think that's, that's an amazing feeling in itself. Uh, but for the people that you surround yourself with, I think it's very important that there's some reciprocation. Um, although I, I try not to put too many expectations on people because that just leaves you disappointed. Yeah, always. <laughs> always, always. Right. Um, and I, I definitely look for people who are driven and hardworking um, and they run their life in a manner um, that they're going to be successful. I think that's really important for me because some days I wake up and I don't want to wake up and I just don't want to get out of bed. And I'm, I'm trying to find a reason why, um, why I should. And, and sometimes I can think about those people in my life. Well, Hey, you know, Dominic would do it. Keen would do that. I'd be like, those are my guys. Right. And they would do it for me. And what would they tell me if, if I was sitting there in a dark room and not getting out of my bed? Oh, I can only imagine the torture you would go through. Right. Probably, probably give me a knee right in the leg. Right. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> so uh, those, yeah, definitely those two things for me. And then, Gosh, I would just say a genuine, genuine love and care for people. Yeah. That's my number one thing. Um, I love Dr. Adams. I, I love goodness. Mm. I just love goodness. It makes me happy. I love seeing other people happy. Um, and I love to know that the people that I'm with um, want that for people as much as I do. Um, and those are the people that I surround myself with because they may have something that I don't. And I said that before, um, but it's okay. It's okay to look for people who have something that you don't. Um, and it's okay to humble yourself and just become a student of those particular areas. You can leave some of the, you can definitely leave the bad, um, but become a student of other people, especially mm -hmm. the ones who are closest to you. And if you've chosen them rightly, you will, excuse me, if you've chosen them correctly, um, you will, you will change yourself. For sure. Amazing. Yeah. That, that, you know, I think a lot of people's strategy is to surround themselves with people that are like them. I, I would prefer that my circle of influence be better than me because I, I appreciated what you said about reciprocation. I would, I, I think I would coin that just a transfer of energy that, that if I'm going to do something nice for someone, that's a transfer of energy that I know will reflect back on me because of the caliber 
caliber of person that I've surrounded myself with, not expecting it to return, knowing that it will be returned to me because that's who we are as gentlemen. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that you're the one asking the questions, but do you mind just sharing with me about energy? Because I know that's a huge thing given all you can actually give off your energy. So, so let's use Joe Dispenza then. I don't know which book you were in, but Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is, is the book that I'm, I most recently read. And using the example of the atom, you remember back in grade school when you learned that the atom, atom had the, the proton and the neutron, and then around it was this little red dot that went in an orbit called an electron. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's not reality. Reality is that when you, when you look at an atom, there's this cloud of energy around that nucleus. And it's only until our perception or our intention stops the electron does it show up. Otherwise, it's energy. So if you look at the whole mass of, of this world and this universe, it is 99.999% energy and only 0.00001% mass. So, so we need to focus on energy. Breath is an energy. We can control the way we feel, which is an energy by controlling our breath. The mm-hmm. words that I speak are an energy. Um, if you want to call them a dagger, you can do that because once that energy goes out in a bad way, you know, you can't take it back, but you, your words can also speak beauty in this world and goodness like you did uh, using the tool of social media back in April. So that's what I'm speaking of energy, that everything we come in contact with, every person we come in contact with is energy. And you can feel it when someone walks in the room who is in a high energy state, all attention goes there. It's not that they did anything. You're aware of it because of some antenna within the body that knows energy. And I know when, if, if you came near me in a bad mood, I would probably know. You didn't have to say anything. You didn't change your posture in any way, but something speaks. And I think we're all connected, Adam, is what I believe. And, and Joe Dispenza speaks to that a lot about the, the quantum connection that, that we all share. And that's all energy. There's no matter there's no mass there. So I focus a lot on energy. I try to be aware of mine because I know it influences my wife. I know it influences my son, uh, the animals, um, and, and the friends and the people whom I surround myself with. So energy matters. And, and it is an investment of energy that you can make in yourself to improve yourself. And it's also an investment that you can make in others. So it's the currency other than attention these days. I think our energy is the second currency. That's awesome. Thank you for explaining that too. I love, I love that. Um, and you articulated that really well. And that was I, a long answer to your question. No, I, I love it because you can go so much deeper into that. Um, but I think everybody, I would encourage everybody who watches this to go look at Joe, uh, look up Joe Dispenza. That's yeah, I had to read him a couple of times, you know, chapter one and chapter two. I'm like, oh, okay, wait a minute. What? Let me, let me flip back. Uh, yeah. He goes, he goes deep really fast, but I, I've, I've always contemplated going to one of his retreats where you were immersed in that kind of, that kind of state in order to experience that energy a different way. 
that that'll have to be a goal in life other than Absolutely. jumping out of airplanes or rappelling. I just want to go to a Joe Dispenza seminar. Me too, Me too my friend. <laughs> I'd like to go as well. That's well, look, awesome. speaking of investment of, of energy, you're in the, you've transitioned into the finance world. And I know uh, for a lot of people, their finances define their hope, their opportunity and their current way of, of, of living. How did you find finance and investment as your next move? That's a great question. Um, transitioning out of the Marine Corps, um, like we were talking about purpose before, but I really just needed to reestablish what my purpose was. Um, and my best friend, Dominic, uh, his mother uh, worked in the business as well. And uh, while he was gone in Air Force training, uh, he took a little hiatus to go serve because that's what his heart was telling him he should do. Um, she brought me into this business and she had taught, uh, told me a little bit more about it. Um, and she said, Adam, you know, there are so many people out there, you know, about nine, you hear the one, one percenters, about 99% of people never get a proper financial education. Um, but there isn't a financial problem that money can't fix. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people, you know, including myself have wanted to live, um, you know, just enough to do what I want to do, but I had to change my perspective on that. Right. With more, with more money, can you not bless more people? And if that's the way that you decide to use it, is that, is that evil? Absolutely not. That's what John um, Maxwell says. You can help a lot more people if you have a lot more money. Absolutely. So uh, what we really pride ourselves in with our, with our business um, is that we want to educate. We give a free education uh, you know, to the 99% of people who never do. And I want to put people in a position to where they can start to dream again mm -hmm. and like I was saying before, we, we have, you know, our life is about this long and we want to do this much stuff. Why, why settle? Why settle? Um, so that's really the service that we off, offer people. And we, we want to teach them about how they can become financially independent, um, how they can live with their family, the life that they want to live um, and in retirement um, so that they can go on and, and actually retire and enjoy the rest of their life, um, whatever that may look like for them. Um, so we do everything all across the board, but we really are all about education and awareness uh, and we want to help people. And that to me is where I planted my flag because of that reason, because I want to, I want to serve others and I have a heart to serve. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what we got going on. Our company's name is uh, 1322. I started it with my, my best friend, Dominic. Um, and we're just growing and expanding. There's so many people who need to be helped. Um, and we're also looking for people to, to join us because there's not enough of us to help everybody who needs it. Um, so I'll definitely get my, my information out there for anybody who'd like to reach out or, or just have a chat. Yeah. What is the best way for people to reach you? I'll be sure to put it in the show notes, but you are on social media, right? Absolutely. So my, my name on social media is Adam L. Tarasas, T-E-R-R-A-Z-A-S underscore 21. That would, that's my Instagram. We'll hopefully maybe get that up there on, on some of the content. Um, and then, uh, pause break. So what, what do you usually like a little social media? Yeah. Social media or, or you can just say, um, put my contact information in the show notes. Uh, yeah. It matters not. Yeah. Let's just do that. I'll put my, my contact information in there. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, Cool. Pause, break, go again. Yep.
Fair, fair enough. One nineteen forty-five. Okay. So I'll, I'll just rephrase the question. How about that? Cool. So Adam, if people want to get in touch with you about their finances or really to follow the rest of your story, which is just beginning, how can people do that? Well, I'll make sure that I get that out on the show notes. I have a, a Instagram, so I always post stuff on, on social media. Um, and then I'll actually put out there my, my personal email uh, and phone number for anybody who would like to reach out and is, is listening to this. Um, I, I do not think that, um, I do not believe in privacy. I think that if somebody wants help, I will definitely make the time uh, to sit down and talk with them. Even if it's just to talk about a little bit more in depth of what we talked about today. I love, I love talking to people. Um, and I'm, I'm here to help. So, yeah, we'll make sure we get that stuff out there in the show. Well, clearly, Adam, you're a servant leader and there's a ton more to talk about from, uh, I wanted to get into mental toughness and the, 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 just the physicality required, because I knew when you were, um, there was one point in your life that was not the hardest physical time in your life. And then you did apparently step into the hardest physical part of your life when you got into Force Recon. So there's just a, a ton here. We will have to have you back, Adam. I'm sorry. So uh, just go ahead and say yes. That's a good problem to have. Yes. That's a fantastic problem to finish it. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Adam. This has been an ab absolute privilege. I, I am a firm believer that superheroes walk amongst us. I know tomorrow is Thor's day. Yeah, go ahead and expect one of my Thor's day messages because I appreciate the superheroes in my circle of influence and I'm glad to have you in it. So thank you. I appreciate it, Dr. Adams. And I really, I really do appreciate what you do as well. You're, you're a stellar man. Uh, thank you, sir. Well, for those of you listening to the show, we would appreciate a five-star review. Let Adam know what you like most about this show on whatever platform you're listening to this show on. Please write us a review. That's the only way we're going to increase our ratings to reach more people, to have greater influence for change and transformation in this world. That's what the aesthetics of leadership are all about. Those, the, the nature and appreciation of transformations especially in leadership and goodness knows that's what this world needs right now. So for, for me, Edwin Adams, and for my fantastic guest, Adam, we thank you for being with us today. Peace out, everybody. Peace.